God's wisdom to present uh, to you and to, uh, to get you to receive this word tonight. We need wisdom from God. So let us pray that God will open our understanding and show us the way in which his word is to be received by us. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this privilege of gathering together in this way, in your name and in reasonably good health. We thank you for providing this means whereby your word can find expression in many hearts, many homes, and many lives. We thank you for your grace and mercy that has brought us through many dangers, toils and snares, difficulties, sicknesses, struggles, and countless other obstacles. We thank you for bringing us through them all victoriously. Dear Lord, you have been there for us all the time. And now we pray for every sick person within the hearing of our voice and within the reach of our thoughts. For at this moment, our thoughts go out to all those of our acquaintances who are sick in body, troubled in mind and spirit, who are perhaps being tormented by the forces of the adversary. Our thoughts and our faith and our prayer all go out to them. Send your word, O God, and heal them. We speak to every condition by whatever name that condition is named, and we say, be gone, be done, be removed, be replaced now by wholeness, soundness, and perfect health of mind, spirit, and body. We pray for the ones tormented by fear, frustration, disappointment, grief, sorrow, pain of any sort. Lord, you know them. This world is a troubled world. Many are under great pressure. But, oh God, we thank you that you're the lifter of our head and the lifter of our burden. Heal broken hearts and come to the aid of all who are weary and heavy laden. Every single need in this congregation tonight, we ask that you meet in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. Now I'm opening my Bible to the book of Judges. And tonight we will look at chapter 13, Judges chapter 13, and um, we will read from verse number 1 to verse number 5. As I mentioned earlier, we are focusing on the story of Samson, who was one of the judges in Old Testament times. And we're going to be talking about one of the prayers he prayed. But let me read this in your hearing. Judges 13, 
children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. Now, there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, not to eat anything unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin, he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Praise God, may he add a special blessing to the reading of his word. The story of Samson is covered over chapters 13 to 16 of the book of Judges. The account is strewn with behavior of the most unpleasant and obnoxious sort. Yet, a man was able to pray, this, yet, yet this man was able to pray a great prayer and get a great answer from a great God. I'm reminded of 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse number 7, and I know that most of you have your pen and paper. And you will jot down these scripture references that will come up from time to time. First Samuel 16 and 7 immediately comes to mind. The Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. Samson was a child of God's making. God is omniscient. The future is as clear to him as the present. God knew Samson's future. Samson's birth was miraculous. The angel of the Lord made the announcement of his conception. Samson was blessed with good parents. They were both open to God. Manoah, Samson's father, appears to be a very mature man, for although his wife got the news of the promised son, Manoah did not raise any question or objection. He just wanted to meet that messenger to get further details as to how they should handle and deal with the son. They both were happy at the good news. Samson grew up with the blessings of godly parents who did everything they could to guide him on the straight and narrow way. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, Train up a 
child in the way he should grow. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Thank God for the children who respond positively to such good training. And of course, those children who seem so far to be unresponsive to good training in due time with prayer, a godly example, and timely instruction, those who seem to be out of the way presently will come around to God's way. I believe that. I declare it. For the word of God says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Yes, we need to pray, and to live the life before them, and to seize any opportunity that God provides to be a witness to them and to share the truth with them. Many have raised the question as to how it is that Samson turned out the way he did. People are forever looking for somebody to blame. However, in the final analysis, we are to blame the person who personally made the choice to do the wrong. The book of Romans chapter 14 and verse number 12 tells us, Every man must give an account of himself to God in that day. And though we may blame parents or we may blame friends or we may blame other people, the person who is doing the wrong is the guilty person and is answerable to God. We need to constantly pray for the ones who are guilty in this respect and ask the Lord to change their hearts, change their lives, and turn them around to the way of righteousness and truth. But in the final analysis, the one who does the deed will have to pay for the deed done. Samson made choices that were very poor and so many have written him off but at this stage in the story we cannot brush aside the purposes of God at times God may use the wrath of men to praise him Psalm 76 and 10 what was God's purpose in young Samson did God have a plan for him did God have any use for him was God going to cast him aside, throw him aside as a no good? Judges 13 and 4 says that Samson would begin to deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Notice that Samson's assignment was not to completely eradicate the Philistines. God was going to use him to begin the process of eradication and God always knows what he's doing God would use him to begin the dismantling of a people who were a thorn in the flesh of the Israelites for 40 years shall I say too long God was start, starting the process with or by using Samson this God we serve can use weak things to 
take little things like a few small loaves to satisfy the hungry. He can use small things like five small stones to bring down every Goliath. Don't underestimate the power of God the Almighty. Yes, Samson. Samson was not straight, surely, but God's purpose had to be accomplished through him. God had raised him up for that purpose. God brought him into the world for that purpose. God had decreed that that is the, the, the job he was to begin and to take to the level and the limit that God wanted him to take it to. And I want you to know that sometimes God could use a crooked stick to draw a straight line. But why couldn't God find a better person? Some may ask. Let me ask you, who are you? Or who am I that I should question God's integrity, his authority, and his wisdom? God is at liberty to use whosoever he desires. In this case, he chose Samson, the sunshine boy. That's what his name means. He chose Samson. And if he chose Samson, he will stick with Samson until he accomplishes his purpose through that very Samson. But permit me to set the record straight. The Almighty has two great weapons he always uses to correct any imbalance. Those two weapons are these, grace and mercy. With grace, God gives to us what we don't deserve, such as forgiveness, cleansing, acceptance. With mercy, it is God not giving to us what we do really and truly deserve. The wicked need to be punished, but God takes the punishment that should have gone to them and placed that punishment, all of it, on his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Isaiah sums it up so beautiful. In chapter 53, verses 4 to 12, Isaiah tells us, Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Yes, it pleased the Lord to bruise him, that is Christ. And Christ bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah 53, 4 to 12. Yes, the songwriter says, He took my sins and my sorrows and made them his very own. He had no tears for his own griefs, but swept, swept drops of blood. For mine. Oh, how marvelous! Oh, how wonderful! And my song shall ever be 
Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. When God has used someone who is not straight, he forgives them, he showers his grace upon them, and he makes them acceptable in the beloved. God could change people's life. Saul of Tarsus had not gone too far for God to rescue him on this dusty road of Damascus. God could turn men around. David had committed a heinous sin, but God forgave him because David had a broken and a contrite heart and an attitude of submission to the will of God. And God did say, Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. And I say tonight that regardless of who the person is, there is room at the cross for them. Regardless of what the condition is, God is able to forgive. Though their sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The God we serve is a God who forgives, and he forgives freely, unconditionally. All we have to do is ask in repentance, and as we repent before him and confess our sorrow before him, he blots out every transgression. So when we read about the excursions in Samson's checkered past, Always remember that we are sin abounds. Grace does much more abound. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 20. God forgives. He erases. He blots out. He expunges from your record. He has that power and that authority. Who can forgive sin? But God, some stranger asked um, in, a, in a meeting where Jesus was present, who can forgive sins? But God, that's the truth that even a stranger recognized. When he forgives, he forgets. Who are you or who am I to be digging up what God has buried and cast into the sea of his forgetfulness. Micah chapter 7 and verse number 19 says, He has cast all our sins in the depths of the sea. And I understand some places in the sea are miles deep. So if he has cast them there, who are you and me to go down to those depths and dig up other people's sins? And I say sometimes, that some people are so busy confessing other people's sins that they have no time to confess their own. And that's where the crooks of the matter is. Today, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin as we walk in the light, as He's in the light. God's mercy forgives all who confess their sins. Who knows? God's handling of Samson's case. Who knows? Nobody knows. The Almighty could acquit the guilty because he is a merciful God. That convicted old career.
admission and a place in paradise that very day. A simple prayer, a sordid record, God took him in. You see, Pastor Bola, this thing is too easy. How could God forgive people just like that and forget their past? God is the God of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Anyone can come by faith and kneel at the cross. The gospel is about forgiveness. The gospel is about freedom. The gospel is about change. The gospel is about new life. The gospel is about abundant life. Come and take freely. Jesus paid for it. It's all yours. The wonderful grace of Jesus can reach you and me and everyone else. This is the love of God. So Samson, in Judges chapter thir chapters 13 to 16, had his kings, many of them, but God wiped his slate clean because when the rule was called on the list of, when the rule was called for the list of persons of faith, Samson's name appeared on that list. In Hebrews 11 and verse number 32, Samson's name is there. Rahab the harlot's name is also there. Hebrews 11 and 32. The fact is that God forgives. Him that cometh unto me, Jesus said, I will in no wise cast out. John 6 and 37. So let us look at Samson, not in the light of his sordid past, but let us look at Samson as a candidate for the forgiveness of God's grace. And surely God's grace would have covered him. Samson made many mistakes. And the one that hastened his spiritual demise was this. He fell to sleep, or he fell asleep in the wrong place, Delilah's lap. She had his locks cut off. The strength he once had suddenly disappeared. And so did Delilah, but not before she had received $3,520 from the five uh, Philistine um, governors. So, what are we saying? In spite of the fact that Samson fell asleep the wrong place, God would use him and help him to fulfill the purpose for which he was intended. And what was the purpose for which Samson was born? He was born to begin the destruction of the troublesome Philistines. In the process, he was bound with fetters. He was blinded. He had both of his eyes put out. He was made to grind 
link of the prayer is where the strength is. But link does not necessarily mean strength. We need the, the prayer of faith, I always believe, is a short prayer. And once it is prayed with earnestness and in great faith, God will meet the need. Samson prayed, O oh Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once. Now that is a prayer that many are in a position right now that they would like to pray. Their situation may not be like Samson's, but the pressures of life and the burdens of life and the cares of life and all these troubles that we see on this side of heaven will cause us to pray, Oh God, I pray you, remember me. Because when we look at our situation, the flesh would tempt us to think that God has forgotten us, but God doesn't forget. And he wouldn't forget you. He will remember you all the time. Remember me. Strengthen me. Samson could not have been more in need of strength than at that time. And then um, he said, do this only this once. But now, for this moment, help me, Lord. We cannot doubt that there was sincerity, faith, and a passionate desire for God coming out of the words of Samson's prayer. A soul reaching up to a compassionate and loving God. Heavenly Father, he was crying out. Oh, he cried out for mercy and care and love. It is all there, and God felt it. This was no prayer of a hypocrite. This was a prayer of a man in need, sorely in need. Remember me. Strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once. Samson, in his need, prayed through. And in your need tonight, reach out and touch God for he is passing by and there is nothing that is deep down in your soul that God is not concerned about he is concerned and he wants to help and he will help and he will answer and Samson prayed that prayer God felt his soul so to speak God heard the intensity of his spirit. God felt the connection Samson had made with him. And what happened? The structure that was over Samson and that was accommodating the lords of the Philistines, that entire structure collapsed. It collapsed on the cream of the crop of the high-profile Philistines. And in the process, 
Samson's prayer touched the heart of God. And Samson was able to destroy again thousands of those Philistines. But that process was only in the beginning stage. The message today is about how the honest prayer of a forgiven man can reach the throne of God and take the answer. The earnest prayer of a man who has been forgiven reaches the throne of God and takes the answer from God. I don't know how many are in this audience tonight or within the hearing of my voice who need to be forgiven who need to be cleansed, who need to be delivered, who need to be set free from the bondage of sin. May God touch you tonight at this moment, and may you experience God's forgiveness, God's grace, and God's mercy. God heard Samson, and he will hear you as you say, Lord, Remember me. Lord, strengthen me. You may condemn it as a selfish prayer, but this short prayer summed up powerfully the state of mind of a desperate man. God heard him. More at this time, I cannot say. A broken and a contrite heart Oh God, you will not despise. I want us to bow at the feet of Jesus for a moment of prayer. Because I sense that God's power is present to heal and to forgive and to restore and to set back on their feet. It could be that there are some listening to me tonight who have been condemned and cast aside and rejected as amounting to nothing. But friend, men may reject you, but Jesus Christ, God's Son, will never do that. You are loved with a great love. Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life for you. So step forward tonight in faith and receive God's love. Father, I thank you for each person within the hearing of my voice. I thank you for each person who is in need of your forgiveness. As in their heart, they call on you and with their mouth, they confess that you are Lord. And they faith, they reach out and touch the hem of your garment. I know, Lord God, you will forgive them. You will cleanse them. You will transform them. And you will use them in a mighty way. Their past has been blotted out and forgiven. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them since they are in Christ Jesus. We bless them tonight. And now, Father, we pray for every home that is represented.
presented here tonight, we ask, oh God, that whatever is the need in every single home, that that need will be met because you are a great God and nothing is too hard for you. We thank you for complete victory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. And